Welcome back, everyone. This is the Change Log, and I'm your host, Adam Stukoviak. This is episode 166. And on today's show, we got an awesome show about JavaScript. JavaScript in the wild, as a matter of fact. We're talking to three of six of the awesome organizers behind NEJSConf 2015, happening August 7th in Omaha, Nebraska. Today, we're talking to Zach Leatherman, Nick Nisi, and also co-host of the show, Jared Santa, who is doubling as an organizer of this awesome conference. We have three awesome sponsors for the show, CodeShip, TopTal, and HipChat. Our first sponsor is CodeShip, and they've launched a brand new feature called Organizations. Now you can create teams, set permissions for specific team members, and improve collaboration in your continuous delivery workflows. Maintain centralized control over your organization's projects and teams with CodeShip's new organization's plans. You can save 20% off any plan you choose for three months by using the code the Changelog Podcast. Again, that code is the Changelog Podcast, and you'll save 20% off any plan you choose for three months by using that code. Head to codeship.com slash the changelaw to get started. And now on to the show. All right, we're back. We got a great show lined up today. It's all about JavaScript today. As a matter of fact, it's not just JavaScript. It's JavaScript in the wild. We have three of six of the organizers uh, making any JSConf 2015 happen. So we got Jared on the on the line. We got Nick on the line. And we got Zach on the line. Everybody say hello. Wow. Hello. Hey, how's it going? All right. So who's excited about, about this, this conference? Woo! Everybody. Yeah. I think we're all excited. I think that we're all nervous. We're kind of going into the last couple of weeks here, so everything's kind of starting to come together. I'm glad you mentioned that. So today's record day is July 21st. The release date, so the air date, is planned to be July 24th. And the conference, so everybody's listening and potentially clicking a button to go buy a ticket, if there's some left, um, is August 7th. It's Friday. Um, Correct. So we got what roughly 150 people, 200 people coming. Is it fully sold out yet? What's the what's the what's the state? I think we got about 30 or 40 tickets left. So if people want to get on board, they gotta buy their tickets soon. Okay. So just to start this show off right, let's get to know everybody here. So everybody knows Jared, right? Jared, you're known. You're 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 normal. I don't know if I'm <laughs> normal, but uh, I'm normally on the show. So. You're yeah. normally on this show. People know who you are. So, Jared Santo, you live in Omaha, Nebraska. Correct. You work with these fellas here and some others on organizing this conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to give an intro to yourself for those who may not know who you are? Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, Jared Santo. I live in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, helping organize this conference. Uh, co-host of the Changelog. That's right. Um, what else do you want to know, Adam? Object Lateral. Yeah, so I'm a software developer uh, on contract. Object Lateral is my company. I also do some teaching at Web Dev uh, Bootcamp called Interface School. Um, four kids, a wife. See, nobody knows this about you on this show. When I get to talk about your your details too often. Yeah, those are your details. Right? Feels strange. The the light has is you know. Uh, shining on me now. I don't like this. The veil just <laughs> being pulled back a little tiny bit, and the I prefer all this... to ask the questions. I prefer to ask the questions. All these Jared Santos secrets are being exposed. Let's well, let's we'll leave you alone for a bit then. Zach, Thank how you. about you? Zach Leatherman, by the way. I'm Zach Leatherman. I also live in Omaha. I uh, am one of the co-organizers of Nebraska JS. One of six organizers for the conference. I work for Filament Group, which is a small design and development consultancy in Boston. Um, I think that's about it. What is Nebraska.js? Nebraska.js is the meetup from which the Nebraska.js conference was born from. So Nebraska.js started as a meetup, I think, in 2009, and it kind of fizzled out in 2012, and that's when I kind of took over um, from three people that were kind of looking to get rid of it. Um, and we made a couple changes to it, uh, started publishing all the talks and meetup videos online, um, getting a bunch of different speakers to come in and just kind of grew the meetup from that. So, Zach's also a frequent uh, conference attendee and speaker. He's spoken at Smashing Conf, Velocity, 
Nice. Yes, that's coffee. He even spoke at the White House recently. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's being humble, but yeah. I won't be humble for him. So. Come on, tell us about that. Uh, yeah, so they invited a bunch of meetup organizers to go to the White House to speak. Um, and just kind of highlight people that were doing things to get people involved with technology in their communities. So I was probably the most underqualified person there, uh, but there were just there was a ton of very talented and very amazing people doing uh, crazy things in their development communities to get people involved with technology. So um, people that were doing code schools, people that were trying to help people get out of poverty by learning to code, um, and humble meetup organizers like <laughs> myself. So. Um, well, yeah, you did revive very, it, though. You said it was dying in 2012. You took it over, and, and it's now I'm sure it's blossoming because you got a conference coming from it. Yeah, that was kind of one of the big goals that I had when um, I took it over. or That was kind of one of the long-term goals that we wanted to do. Um, and now it's it's finally happening. So, cool. yeah, we're, I'm really excited about it. And uh, silent so far is Nick Nisi. So, Nick, you're Hello. a software engineer at SitePen. Yes. Intro the, this awesome audience to yourself. Um, I want to hear more about this Jared, awesome audience. <laughs> uh, I said I want to hear more about Jared, actually. No. Um, <laughs> I'm, <Maybe not. laughs> I'm a software developer at SitePen. Uh, I work remotely. It's a 100% remote development consulting team, mostly doing JavaScript and TypeScript these days. And uh, I'm also a co-organizer of Nebraska JS and of the NEJSConf or Nebraska JSConf. Anybody else on your team, guys, that you want to give a shout out to that's that's not present here? Definitely. Yeah, we have uh, Matt Steele, who works for Union Pacific. He's one of our organizers. We have Sandy Barr, um, and we also have John Hobbs. Very cool. And so you got six people this year uh, putting on the very first version of this conference so this is august 7th uh so it's not very far away the change law will be there we're shooting our fourth season of beyond code there we'll also be shooting some video for the for the actual conference itself and just kind of being a part of the mix there but uh, as a first time conference what what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced or some of the biggest things you were most excited about actually doing this conference being its first time we kind of had no idea what we were doing <laughs> starting out that's usually the case, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everybody was in over their heads? I mean, it, or is, has someone had some experience um, doing any of this stuff? Well, I mean, it just kind of started from the meetup, I think. Uh, actually, the the original idea probably came from JSConf in Florida. Uh, a couple of us went down there to the JavaScript conference. Um, they had an Amelia Island. It's a pretty big JavaScript conference. Um, and Chris Williams, the organizer down there, really encouraged people to sort of start things in their own development communities and get things growing from grassroots to try, I think, to try and probably get more tickets sold for, for the big JSConf there. So, um, yeah, I think it was just kind of born out of an idea, just kind of sitting around drinking on the beach at Amelia Island at a resort. We're like, hey, we could we could do something like this, having no idea what we were really getting ourselves into. But um, a couple of years after that, we finally decided to pull the trigger and uh, and organize it. So, well, I think you've done pretty well here so far with your first time. I, I've never been to a conference that's been at a zoo, uh, which, which <laughs> does sort of lean towards the subtitle, which is JavaScript in the wild. So, I mean, why, why a zoo? It's the Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium there in Omaha, and, and Jared, you've talked about this a couple of times too mm -hmm. on the private side. Just you know, when we're talking about this conference, what's unique about the zoo? Well, I mean, in Omaha, there's not too much to do. Um, we probably have a worse reputation. Nebraska has a more boring and yawny reputation than perhaps it deserves. Maybe it's accurate, um, but you know, Omaha's a decent-sized metropolitan, and um, there's actually kind of a burgeoning creative and technology scene, uh, even a small startup scene uh, here in Omaha and in the Midwest. But we really wanted to highlight like one of Omaha's main attractions and have something that's different um, than a lot of conferences that you typically go to. So the Henry Dorley Zoo is huge. Uh, it's one of 
the best zoos in the world. In fact, TripAdvisor calls it America. Is it America's number one zoo or the world's number one zoo? The world's. Oh, I think it's in the, the world. Wow. So yep. take take that world. It, it has the largest cat complex, indoor jungle, indoor desert, and I think that's it. And also yeah. largest aquarium that's also attached to a zoo. For a long time, we played second fiddle to San Diego. I think just because they had raw square footage over us. Um, but sometime at some point in the last couple of years, we've taken, we've overtaken them and are now number one. Um, so yeah, it just seemed like a really cool, unique place to have a conference about JavaScript. Will we see any animals by any chance? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have, uh, some live animal demos, animals (laughs) roaming around. Um, the play code. Yeah, we're going to have some zookeepers come in and bring in, show some animals around in in the conference venue. So it should be pretty unique, pretty cool. Cool. And also the, the conference venue itself is a conference center that's attached to the aquarium and includes a 24-foot, 10,000-gallon reef uh, aquarium. So there will be a lot of fish in there as well. Oh, we love fish. Fish are, fish are very welcome here on the change log. Uh, speaking of fish we have a single track conference so this is a single day single track small group so i guess being born from a meetup it would make sense to start out you know in the smaller scale so i think some of my favorite conferences to go to are 200 people or less because they just feel a little more intimate but coming off the the heels of GopherCon, i also enjoy 12 to 1500 it just kind of depends on what place you're, you're doing it in so being that it's this first year, what were some of the things that you focused on as, as I guess, from a speaker standpoint and also just um, making everyone feel comfortable? I mean, conferences are a lot of work. So what, what was the focus initially placed on when setting it up? Well, I think we wanted to keep it, or I wanted to keep it single track just to make it simpler logistically. <laughs> um, it just, it makes, it simplifies things a lot for the organizers. But I also really enjoy single track conferences more um, because I you always get that fear of missing out when you have a multiple track conference. Um, you don't know what's going on in the other track or you don't know what you're missing. Um, and we really want to minimize the number of like decisions that, that uh, attendees have to make. We don't want to have people have to choose um, between talks. And I think it, um, I don't know, I, I just like it a lot better. I just like single track a lot better. I don't know if Nick, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I think basically it's a lot simpler to to do that. with the It works out well at the venue to have just a single speaker at a time, um, at least for this, this first one. And being our first conference, like I've been to some multi-track conferences and it just, it seems like it's a lot more work to make sure that everything's coordinated and everything's synchronized. And, and so it just seemed like a, a lot easier of a place to start. And it also gives us the opportunity to highlight all of the speakers that we're inviting to come in. And we've got uh, speakers coming in from all over the world and even a couple of local speakers to kind of highlight the local talent that we have as well. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point, Nick, because one of the reasons that we wanted to do a conference and the reason that we uh, do the meetup is that we're trying to expose more local developers to the community. Um, and I think a single track helps do that as well. People that are kind of not quite as well known um, can get a little bit better exposure with the single track conference. Do you guys know the, the ratio of local speakers to out-of-towners? Yeah, I think we have three local speakers out of nine. What was the the process like? I guess to to you know one obviously it's a single track, so it's got to be you know the topics have got to be enough closer to like a middle barrier where it's not too new, but it's not too senior, and then you're sort of in the middle there. What was the process like coming up with some topics? You know the call for proposal. What was the selection like, and actually choosing some of the speakers? I uh, I think the I mean the talk selection process was pretty grueling uh yeah it was like a we spent the whole night at the bar um i don't know maybe you're seeing an organizing theme here but um fighting over what talks we wanted um and it got a little i want to say it got a little dirty did it really 
some politics <laughs> came up. Anybody get any beer tossed? Uh, no, oh my, I don't that think dirty. so. Well, we don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to go that extreme. We don't want to waste any of a. Don't be wasting any, any of the liquids, but yeah. Well, I think we we did have a bent, and um, this is something that Zach promotes heavily at the meetup, which is um, practicality. So, the Nebraska JS meetup tries to highlight topics and speakers who are using JavaScript um, in a practical, real world, take it home and use it kind of way. And so, even the the subtitle JavaScript in the wild is kind of a play on words because it's, of course, you know, in the zoo, but it's also like these are things that you can actually take. These are things JavaScript is doing right. out there every day, running websites um, and businesses and these things. And so we wanted to balance that with also fun and like enjoyable and interesting things. And so um, speaker selection was difficult because, you know, we care about the speakers and we also care that these topics kind of like played into that ballpark. And so that's where a lot of the rub kind of focused. Are these titles uh, in stone that are on site? Because I was going to read a couple off, if y'all don't mind. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. So we got uh, somebody helped me with some names. So I think it's, uh, I'm going to say Selly, Pam Selly. Is that right? Believe in Streams. I think it's Pam Sell. Sell. All right. The sure. E may be silent. Uh, Isaac Murchie, you and the Temporal Dead Zone ES6 Variables for Fun and Profit. Uh, I'll just read the titles from here on out because I might butcher some names and offend people, but... Add a tool to your development suite, Army Knife, using custom elements today. Architecting Communities is the next one. SVG Animation with Snap SVG. High performance in the critical rendering path, which I think we've talked about recently, Jared, a little bit here on the show. Uh-huh. And then also reacting to the isomorphic buzz. So I'm assuming that's a plan on words, too, because React's got to be in there somewhere. Yep. Right? So That's right. More play on words, more fun from Bruce. Good job, Bruce. <laughs> so, I mean, was it a real fight when it came to choosing some of these speakers and some of the, the talks we just talked over? I really think so. Um, I think we had 78 total submissions. Wow. And, I mean, we only had seven speaker slots and then two keynote slots. And so we had to whittle it down from that. And it was really, really hard. Uh, so we all kind of looked at, at the um, submissions kind of on our own and started to prioritize the ones that we really liked. All of them were really fantastic, so it was really hard to do that. But then we came together and um, shared our lists with each other, found the ones that were a common theme across all of the organizers, and then um, kind of got a a first pass with maybe one or two. And then the rest of the night was just arguing about the other ones, reprioritizing the list and going on and on. So what's the total people count and total hour count going into making the selections? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, when when it came down to doing the final talk discussion, we decided to limit that to only one night because we could have done that for weeks and weeks and weeks, I'm sure. Um but when it I I mean, I think we spent probably a, a good solid week on um, individual talk selection and then group selection as well. So, what were some of the things that uh, when you were discussing the talks and topics and uh, was it did uh, what were some of the things you could do? I remember Jared. I'm thinking back um, to the to the the show we had with Sarah May when she said that they purposefully mm-hmm. hid people's names and genders and things like that so they wouldn't be biased against it. What was some of the process y'all used to to sort of be have an unbiased opinion towards your selections. Yeah, I definitely did that. And I, I hit it, looked at the, just the titles and the um, descriptions of the talks to begin with. And that's kind of how I started with, with my side of the list. And then from there I started looking at, um, you know, I, I got my list from there on the, the things that I thought were most interesting. And then I started thinking about things like, you know, wanting to have a good mix of local, um, local developers and, and more, known developers as well. And so it kind of went from there. And tech talks versus uh, more soft skills talks. And- yeah, good point. Is there any uh, talk here, or even just a, maybe not a person named, but just the, the topic or title named that one of you guys fought over hardcore and, and didn't make the cut for whatever reason? 
That's a good question. I don't really remember the talks that we didn't select because that process, I think, took place, I don't I want to say, like a couple months ago. Okay. Um, so. I Any that you're really excited about then that's in the list? Yeah, I mean, all, I think all of them are going to be great. Um, I think that Nicholas Vakwa's talk on high performance and the critical rendering path is one of the ones that I really kind of pushed hard for because I think it's a very important topic, especially with uh, the number of sort of client-side MVC frameworks that are kind of slowing down the critical performance uh, aspect of websites today. So, Yeah, I'm excited for that one as well. I think... Uh... I, w- I wasn't aware of Nicholas Bavacqua previous, you know, prior to that. And I think he submitted like was he the guy that submitted like four or five? Like he just he just had talks. Is that him? Yeah, yeah. I think yep, he had yep. at least three, and he was just throwing them in there, which is like I okay, this so- person's excited. So- somehow he found our CFP before it was even before we even publicized it. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> uh, they're not easy know. hard to find. Is it slash uh, CFP? Yeah, there yeah, you go. See that? Yeah. He's there's probably a, got a, a, a JavaScript bot just out there submitting his talks to all these. There's a life hack right there. Conferences. Yeah. Yeah, here's a couple of time. here's a couple of tips that I could give to people who are submitting CFPs and like hoping to get selected. Just as people who have recently done this, um, and these are these should be these shouldn't be had to be said, but I guess they do because we ran into this over and over. So the first thing you need to do is spell your talk title correctly. Um, if you misspell your title. You're you're not giving yourself much of a chance to get selected. Um, then to pr- proofread your your synopsis, um, have somebody else read it for you. Read it out loud. Make sure that the sentences make sense because there's a lot of competition out there. And even if your conceit is really good, it's hard. Even as a person who's like, I I, I think there was one that was had some bad grammar that I was like rooting for and I was arguing for, and I just couldn't get over the hurdle of. Yeah, but they did not take the time to to make sure their words are spelled correctly in their synopsis, and so we can't trust them as a speaker. So um, those are just a couple of tips, <laughs> which sound like common sense, but apparently not uh, for people who are submitting uh, pr- proposals to CFPs. And then that's an awesome tip is uh, go to whatever the conference is slash CFP and see if you can get in early. And bombard us with multiple submissions Dude, because did, yeah. he he was immediately on our radar because he had three talks in there before anybody did. It's like wow, this guy's serious. Um, so, anyways, just a few <laughs> a few small tips that I couldn't believe we ran into so many um, almost lazy submissions, and how even though on a few of those they seem like great talk ideas, they just couldn't get over the hurdle of you know slow down, take the time, do it right. Yeah. Any other thoughts, uh, Zach or Nick, on on any feedback to to those out there listening, thinking, "Man, I want to submit a talk to to a conference sometime soon," or, or I've done it and I've never gotten selected. Some some feedback or some tips. Yeah, I would say um, get involved with the organizers. Um, I'm I would have been happy to review any number of submissions before the before the deadline went, but I never heard anything. Like no one asked me any. Uh, questions and I, I think we put on the website even hey we'll help you with your submission if you if you uh, want our feedback up front um, and yeah I think that can help quite a bit um, just to even refine your ideas um, with them before you even put in a submission I think could help your chances quite a bit another big piece to any conferences is obviously sponsors and what equates to cash flow really so I mean it seems like, and Jared, only because you and I have talked uh, outside of this, I've kind of been following a little bit of what's going on here, but it seems like as a first-time conference, you've got some sort of trick up your sleeve or something like that because <laughs> you're doing okay on you know finances from what I can tell in terms of your, your homepage. You've got plenty of sponsors. So what was it like going out and seeking out either local or you know industry-known sponsors? What was the process like, and, and who was in charge of that? Yeah, I think that was kind of a team effort between me and Nick. Um, Nick is a, a lot better at e- emailing than I am. So um, for sure, he took the reins on a lot of the sponsor contacts. But I think the the running the meetup really was the biggest thing. Um, we were already exposed to a lot of companies uh, in our community because 
uh, their developers were attending our meetup and our and we've been going strong for three over three years now uh, when I took over so um, everyone kind of knew about the meetup already and because we sort of transitioned from meetup to conference there was a very clear uh, line between the two and people were excited to get involved and we we've actually had um, companies kind of fight over us to get uh, to provide us with venues for the meetup or to provide us with food. I mean, we've never had a problem getting sponsorship for the meetup. Um, and I think the, the conference was kind of a continuation of that. Um, the, the support that we see from companies is just, I think, kind of a unique thing in Omaha, just because there isn't a ton of, um, I want to say, bigger development communities uh, in our area. Um, we've had a lot of meetups, but I think they kind of, I don't, I don't want to say come and go, but, um, they haven't really united, uh, different development, uh, aspects like JavaScript can, uh, sort of everyone is exposed to JavaScript in some way. Um, so that's also helped us grow the meetup too. We have a lot of, a lot of support coming out of that just as Zach said, and it, it was really when we were going to get sponsors and we, we actually had, you know, more pressure to get like a, an information document out about sponsoring because we had sponsors just lining up immediately that wanted to, to contribute. They wanted to help out. They wanted to, to make sure that this conference sees the light of day and, and we really couldn't do it without them. So it's been really great. What are some of the biggest uh, questions you guys can think of when it comes to a sponsor um, and asking questions back to the conference. Like, what are their biggest concerns? What are their biggest uh, questions that that took you time to get over or just get questions back to get them to, to, to commit to the support or even lack of support? Uh, we did have a little bit of a problem with a sponsor that I won't name. Um, but, yeah, they kind of promised us um, some funds and then, went dark. <laughs> so we never really heard back from them. Um, and we had kind of made some decisions monetarily based on um, assumption of those funds. And we're going to be fine um, monetarily, but um, certainly that didn't help the conference that we kind of had that, that check sort of disappear out from under us. Right. I just wonder because, you know, a lot of the you always have levels, so I'm assuming you had levels. Uh, just yep. thinking about typical levels is like you know, premium, gold, platinum. You know, pick your metallic uh, material and then and then you know, apply the the level to it or whatever. But I'm wondering. Yeah, we actually did animals. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> top level was lion. I'm assuming elephant. Elephant. There you go. Well, that makes sense. So what we do is we t- we pick a metaphor and then we okay. just beat it into the ground. So <laughs> right, right, like right. This whole animal thing, like we're just gonna kill it until it's dead, okay. and then we're gonna bring it back and kill it some more. A- any whales? Because no, to... I like whales. I thought that was uh, a little no. too on the nose, you know. Yeah. And when it comes to like big things and money, you know, you hear, "Man, I got a whale on the line here." <laughs> elephant. Well, that's kind of why we picked elephants. The elephant in the room. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'm just wondering about the the process there because I know that um, you know even for this show, right? It's a sponsored show, so we get questions all the time about you know the the podcast and what it's about and you know all these different things. So I'm just wondering, like, when a sponsor comes to a conference or a conference goes to a sponsor and says, "Hey, we'd like to see your support in this conference because of this, this, or this," you know, what are some of the things that uh, that are like getting them involved or seeking you to them is it is it purely a financial benefit or is it like uh they're getting involved in the community they're already there a lot of them are already there they're already sponsoring us helping us out uh or at least trying to uh you know because we can only have so many venues that we can host it at each month um and and things like that but also you know looking like like one of the biggest questions that i got when when communicating with sponsors was kind of not not in like specific detail, but like what are you going to use the money for? How is it how, how is it going to go to helping the conference? And uh, you know, if you have money left over, what are you going to do with it? Things like that, and and really just making sure that their investment is going into the community, and it really is. It's either going into this conference or feeding back into the the meetup um, that we 
have every month or going into immediate planning for next year's conference should we decide to do that. So just and to be clear, this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> or it's the worst one ever. It's the worst one yeah. ever. Get rich never. <laughs> so I, yeah. that, that makes some perfect sense. You know, what are you using the money for? And, you know, will you give some of it back if there's some left over? Did anybody ask you that one? No one asked me that one. No? No, they just wanted to make sure that we weren't doing it as a profit. Gotcha. Yeah. That seems to, to be the case. We're going to take a break here in a second because I got a couple things I want to bring up on that note, but we got to break first and come back because we have awesome sponsors who make this show possible and we need to feature them. So let's take a quick break. We'll do that and we'll come back and talk a bit more about why the conference exists and uh, you know what we can expect for it uh, from it in the future. So let's take a break. You've heard me talk about Top Towel several times in this podcast, but today is different. I've got a special treat for you. I went out and spoke with a listener who a year ago had never heard of Top Towel. He listened to the show just like you're doing right here, right now, today, and heard us talk about Top Towel and what they're all about, and he decided to get in touch. And now he's living the dream as a freelance software developer with Top Towel. His name is Daniel Elzon, and I sat down and I talked with him. I said, hey, what is it that you love most about Top Towel? Take a listen. Well, for me, the, the thing about TopTal, which I thought would be very hard for me personally as I transitioned to a more consulting role, uh, was the, the way I would have access to new clients and what quality of those would be. So I found that I've had access to awesome clients through TopTal, and it hasn't been that hard to find because they have a lot of choice. And even more than that, uh, there's enough choice, and I, I can actually be a little selective about what kinds of things I want to be working on. So I use that as a way to sort of hone my skills and, you know, go towards the technology that I think are, are worth investing in for the future. So whether it's, you know, including new front-end frameworks or doing a little DevOps work on the side, I, I, I usually am able to find clients who are uh, have the needs of the things I want to get better at. So that's been, that's been uh, truly useful. All right, that was Daniel Lazan, a listener of the Changelog and also a freelance software developer with TopTal. If you want to follow in Daniel's footsteps, go to toptal.com slash developers. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot com slash developers to learn more about what TopTal is all about and tell them the changelog sent you. Well, let's talk about why this conference exists. I know that it's its first year. Obviously, it's a single track. We're looking at you know, roughly 100, 150 to 200 people uh, attending. Uh, we know it's at a zoo, and we're playing the animal puns to, to the end, you know, and, and, <laughs> and we won't stop um, ever. No. Um, so why, you know, what, what made this? Why finally this year? Why finally 2015? You know, wh- why did it take so long, and, and why does it exist? So that is, a, that is a very good question, why it's happening this year. I think that the final impetus kind of came out of jared's goading me into it because i had promised so we had a meetup i want to say probably a year and a half or two years ago where we announced everyone that one of our stretch goals or one of our big goals for the meetup was to do a conference eventually and so that was kind of on everyone's mind that that was going to be something we were going to do um but it just kind of sat there nothing ever happened um and I think it was Jared that finally said, hey, are we going to do this conference ever? Is this going to happen? And I think that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were. It's Jared's goading us into uh, organizing. So I'm actually laughing behind the scenes here, too, and I'm trying not to put it on air because that's how a lot of things get started right here at the Cheese Law, too. I'm like, I tell Jared these ideas, and... And he's he gets excited about the ideas, and then it's like, well, are we ever going to do these fun ideas, Adam? Yeah. And I'm like, I suppose, sure, let's do it. And we do it. So, Jared, it's nice to see that you uh, you, you uh, impact others as well in the same way. This is why I have no free time, because I'm constantly filling it with... Uh, I, I goad people. Did you say goad or goat, Zach? I said goad. Okay, I just wasn't sure if that was another pun. Uh, I <laughs> I just bug people until we do things, and then I'm like, oh, dang, now we have to do that. 
No, we have to do I it. I was yeah. really just kind of jabbing at him, but now we're put on a conference, I guess. And I told my wife, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to help put on a conference. She's like, that sounds like a big thing. I'm like, is it? There's six of us. <laughs> Turns out it is, even with six. Even with six. I was going to say, so how does this... Did we answer the question, though, first, why it exists? I mean, Jared, goading you, and not goading you, goading you. But, yeah. uh, you know, what about the local community? What's what's the meetups like? You said it, it came from a meetup. So what was attendance like? Was it getting bigger? Was, is JavaScript exploding there as it is everywhere else? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, the, the meetup has grown. We have, uh, I think, over 700-some people in our meetup uh, group on meetup.com slash nebraska js if anybody's interested um and yeah it's just kind of grown and grown and grown and i think the biggest uh biggest meetup event that we've had i think had around 80 some attendees and jared was speaking yeah jared spoke at that one um yeah so i guess jared was kind of our headliner whoa jared and Angular. I thought maybe you'd be talking about React or something like that to get a crowd like that. Well, this was back when Angular was blowing up last oh, year, okay, a year okay. and a half ago. Pre-2.0 Angular. Right. right. Okay. Right. Yeah. No no hurts against them. Just, you know, biased. <laughs> uh, well, as we say, open source is hard. and Right. Um, everybody's out there trying to do awesome stuff. And, um, yeah, kind of the, the trends come and go. And Angular is definitely on a downtrend as far as overall popularity. Um, or maybe mind share, but uh, still out there doing cool things and people right. using it in mass. So everybody seems to be if you if you put React uh, in the title, or if uh, if you go <laughs> the routes of uh, of Bruce reacting, <laughs> you know, a little sleight of hand there with with the title there. Mm-hmm. It's well gonna, done, Bruce. It's gonna get some. So big meetup. It got to as many as eighty at one point. Jared, that was a couple years ago. On Jared's point, um, so it got to a point where it just naturally made sense to put on a conference. And this is Middle America. Um, one thing I liked about some notes here, which aren't exactly um, easy to find for every conference. Number one, you have a shuttle going to and from the airport, which is free, which is awesome. So anytime I go to a conference, I'm like. You know, where do I have to like spend money to get to and from? Because people always assume, okay, I'm going to a conference and the airport is going to be right next door. No, <laughs> that's not always the yeah. case. Like in Denver, it was $60 to get to and from the airport oh, uh, wow. back to like the conference land. So it was, it was quite expensive. And then you got to do it twice, right? To and, to and from. So yeah. that's 120 bucks just on, uh, just on taxi to and from the airport and then you got the walking distance the after party and things like that so it seems like you guys have done some planning around this to 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 also kick it off yeah we're kind of trying to make it like an all-inclusive resort in omaha like a sandals as it were yeah at Um, the zoo yeah go to the airport (laughs) get the shuttle to the hotel we're gonna have a shuttle to the zoo and back Uh, we're gonna have two meals i think it sounds like uh, we're talking about finalizing the evening meal as well. So live band, live band, that's live neat. band, yeah, yeah, that'll be really cool. Is that eight bit at the after party? That's the live band time. Yep. Who is the uh, the band name? The Super Bites. Super Bites. That's cool. Is it a local band or? Yeah, it is. Um, all of them are local. I actually went to high school with two of them. The Super Bites. Yes. All right, I just found them on Bandcamp. We'll link this up in the show notes because they are rocking the Super Mario style graphics, eight bit all the way. Yeah, I think that uh, Nick, don't they do some sampling with some unique hardware? Yeah, they use a Nintendo and a Game Boy um, on stage, and they have pre-set up tracks that they they created on those devices. Um, so it's Crazy. it's a really unique experience. So that's the after party, and we got all this time so far, and we haven't talked about two of the two of the names. I think almost anyone listening to the show might know Ethan Marcotte and Christian. I, I always want to say it's Heilman or Heilman. Anybody know the correct pronunciation of Christian's last name? I do not. What, what do you think, Jared? I will. I will say Heilman though. Heilman. I was going to go. That's with what Heilman. I thought. Heilman. All right. Code poet. So, code poet. Those are. Um, you know, I never read that as Code Poet, Jared. I, I always just took it as Code Poe 8. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. 
All right, nice. We're learning. That's nice. why they pay me the big bucks. That's, that's it. So <laughs> Ethan Marcotte, he's doing the closing, and Christian's starting it off. Um, what was getting these two involved like? I mean, how how did it happen? Did somebody email them? Was it you know you bumped into them at another conference? How did this work out? Uh, so Ethan has actually done some work with uh, Filament Group, which is the company I work for. So they did the Boston Globe sort of redesign, which was a huge, one of the biggest responsive web design uh, redesigns a few years ago. So they kind of worked together, and that's how I kind of got that connection to Ethan. And did he come just with uh, with open arms, or did he have to be coerced? Uh, no, he was super excited to uh, be involved. Um I did not have to coerce him at all. No so. blackmail? Uh, not that I could say on air. No, I'm just kidding. There's, there was no blackmail at all. Yeah, he's he's uh, super excited to come out and come to the zoo. and yeah, Come to the zoo. I like it. Hang out at the zoo. And what about Christian? I mean, he does a lot for the JavaScript world, and he's, he's done all sorts of cool stuff. Always been a fan of his, so uh, you got connections there as well? Yeah, well, not quite as tight, I would say, but uh, I I don't know how it how I got connected to Christian originally, but I've just kind of followed him online since I started blogging, like back in two thousand six or two thousand seven. So I've just kind of been connected through Twitter and um, blogs online, and I saw that he was going to be in the country because he's from London originally, yeah. or currently, I should say. Um, and so he was going to be in the country, and he actually uh, rescheduled one of his flights back to London so that he could come out and speak. So very, very accommodating for us. You know, one of the things that um, that people always get most concerned about when putting on a conference is, one, will anybody show up? Uh, two, will I get quality speakers or anything that's worthwhile for people to actually show up for? And if they do show up and the speakers show up, too, will everybody enjoy it? Um, so, I mean, knowing all those, those three kind of pillars of fear, so to speak, when it comes to a conference, I just coined that just now, by the way, the three pillars, pillars of fear, of fear. <laughs> three pillars of fear. <laughs> you should work at local news. I, I, I do work at Any local, local news, news is <laughs> affiliate right here in Houston, my Fox Um, <laughs> no, but on a, on a serious note though, so like around the topics, around the keynote speakers, was there any. It was there anybody like you know throwing up or getting upset or just like really just like ruining their day over just the worry, the anxiety that comes from those three things? Definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge amount of stress that goes into running a conference, and we sort of had Ethan from the beginning, which was uh, very good because that helped us. I think get us more exposure and so we had ethan published before we even did the cfp which i think helped us helped us get a lot more submissions sort of legitimized us as a conference before we even started um and then we got christian uh, a few weeks ago um but getting the speakers there i think is just one small piece one small pillar in the pillars of fear (laughs) as it were um, there's, yeah, there's just so many other things that, uh, are going on that you have to worry about as well. So, um, logistics are kind of a nightmare when it comes to conferences. What about financing and receding and things like that? How does that play out with the six organizers you have? How does the responsibility and the financial responsibility and things like that play out? And like who ponies up the first dollar? How does it work? Uh, that's my biggest, like, how do you actually do a conference? So, I mean, all the organizers sort of ponied up a fixed sum to get the, because we formed an LLC, um, to get it started. And then uh, sponsorship, the sponsorship dollars started rolling in and we started doing ticket sales. And so we've been able to sort of stay ahead of the game in terms of uh, paying receipts or paying invoices. Um, So a legitimate business was set up to, to sort of be the crux of this thing, not just... Not just hey, you're you know you're like in Jared's case like object lateral or any of your guys' businesses like it didn't mix. You created your own organization and and took some ownership in it to a degree. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I'd throw around the word legitimate that lightly, but um, <laughs> certainly uh, an LLC was formed. The um, state of Nebraska thinks we're legitimate. That's a, that, yeah. That's correct. as far as we can go. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all you got to have right there. Yeah. 
Okay, so this is very much like setting up a you know a real live business, basically. I mean, you're gonna at the end of the year, you're gonna have, uh, you know, you're gonna have pass through tax to somebody. Uh, somebody's on the hook for some of this money if there's any profit, right? That's the goal. So, there's, That's why I said no profits. There's your goal right there. Right, no profits <laughs> is the goal. Yep. Okay, I was just right. thinking like but yeah, from the insur- I mean, insurance is a concern. Um, you know, we set up an LLC because uh, there's some gar- you know per- personal protections there against things going wrong. Um, yeah, cash flow. Actually, for us, I've been surprised. I thought cash flow would be a big problem. Uh, aside from that one sponsorship thing that Zach talked about, we've actually been pretty cash flow positive as far as the down payments we have to put to reserve things and that this and that. Um, I think had sponsors not stepped up um, so generously right away, yeah. I think it would have been a lot harder sledding because we would have to make tighter decisions and wait on things and you know hope rely on ticket sales. So we've been really fortunate that there's so many great sponsors here locally that hopped on board like right away. Yeah, the sponsors were just like I feel like they were waiting for something to come around like this so they could jump on board. Really? Because it it took very little coaxing to get sponsors. So was it sponsors first, speakers second? Is that what, I mean? Because just thinking from a cash flow standpoint, you think about sales to a degree, and you got to get sales to put a product out there. And the product is the conference. You can't put the conference on until you get sponsors to commit and speakers to commit and things like that. So, and you got to have a place to call home. So you can't get that until you put some money down. So it seems like this never-ending chicken egg, chicken and egg scenario for at least for a first-time conference. You know, first year. Yeah. Well, luckily, a lot of our speakers have deferred reimbursement until uh, the, the day of the conference. Um, so that kind of helped us in the beginning. But uh, yeah, I mean, our sponsors really were so excited to get involved that we had we had a pretty good uh, sum to get start start paying our bills very early. And I think it also helped that we refused to put people on the website until we got payment. <laughs> so we wouldn't put anybody's logo on there until we got money. So that's a good rule to have right there. Yep. Yep. We're getting uh, close to the end of the show. Let's take one more break uh, while we have some time to hear where from one of our awesome sponsors making this show possible. When we come back, we're going to talk about some closing topics like uh, collaboration tools for the team. Uh, I like that little note there, there. Jared didn't quite think about the collaboration necessary behind the scenes. And then, you know, the other thing I mentioned, which was the the fear of nobody showing up. I'm kind of curious what y'all think about that. So let's pause here, uh, listen to this awesome sponsor, and then when we come back, we'll talk about those things. So, right back. HipChat is a game changer for team communication. It helps you and your team get the information you need faster than email and reduces meaningless meetings. Teams that use HipChat are able to make faster decisions and get more work done with group chat, video chat, and file sharing. HipChat is a great solution for distributed teams by letting you take the office with you no matter where you go. iPhone, Android, Mac OS, it's all there. HipChat is easy to use and gets everyone working in real time. And right now, HipChat is offering listeners of the changelog 90 days of HipChat Plus totally free. Get premium features like unlimited file storage, unlimited message history, and guaranteed support totally for free for 90 days. Visit hipchat.com slash changelog. Again, that's hipchat.com slash changelog. Get your team started using HipChat Plus today. Go and check them out. All right, we're back to close up the show with Nick, Zach, and Jared talking about JavaScript in the wild here in the middle America, Nebraska. Man, I mean... I'm excited to get there for one. Jared, I haven't visited yet, so I, that's you know I'm so excited to, to finally come up to Omaha. Uh-huh. Uh, I've already done some business with local places around there. Ink, um, what's it? Uh, the Ink Tank there. Ink Tank. The, the guy, yep. Yeah, I've, I've done some business with them. You know, work with you and stuff like that. But not hadn't visited this this uh, fabulous place, and there's finally a reason to go, which is this JavaScript conference we're talking about here. And I, I guess since we're talking about showing up. Nick, did you have any concerns yourself? Like, did you, you you said yes to the anxiety earlier, but you didn't elaborate. So, can you elaborate a bit on this idea of no one showing up, the fear of nobody showing up for a conference, and and you being an organizer of it? Sure. I, I guess now at at this point, I'm not 
worried too much about people showing up, just seeing the the ticket sales and the the positive comments that we've gotten. But that was definitely a concern going into it. Just I'm not sure, you know, if anybody will think that this is a good idea. But as as Zach mentioned, getting Ethan on board right away really helped to, as he said, legitimize it. Um, the thing that's really scary now is we're, you know, we're 16 days away from it at this point, and there's so much left to do. Um, we have all of these tickets and things kind of these plates still spinning. Um, and then, you know, we'll get all of that settled in and be ready for the conference the day of. And then, you know, I'm just, my biggest fear is waking up in a cold sweat that morning and realizing we forgot microphones or something like, you know, something so necessary and so yet so small that we just kind of overlooked it. I'm really scared of, of that, but I think that we'll be, we'll be fine. It's just a, a terror thing that I have, I guess. Uh, but then finally, just will people have fun? Will they enjoy the talks? Uh, will there be technical problems there that we have to deal with on the spot? Will there be, um, yes, you know, there somebody will be. Get... <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Every time. Is somebody going to get mauled by one of the animals that we have coming into the conference? Like, a, hopefully a, not. I don't even know what kind of animals we're having, but elephants, hopefully of course, a right? porcupine. Yeah. Elephants, porcupines, lions, kitty cats. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we, porcupine is one of the animals that we might have, so. Yep. I've heard that tarantulas. It's possible. Maybe. I need to increase that insurance deductible. <laughs> Talk about that offline. Glad it's an LLC. Yeah. All right, so let's, something that you quite uh, kind of mentioned there, Nick, it seemed like just this organization process behind the scenes with the rest of the six. So you got six people that, joined the NEJS team to to put this conference on this year. What are some of the things that you've done? Who spearheaded it? Was it anyone was there like a, a distinct leader? Was it sort of like all self managed to come up with checklists and like or did you sort of divide up in teams? How did the how did y'all work to collaborate? I guess since you don't work in the same office obviously because this is not like a legitimate business as you've said. This is a conference and you got your own things to do. How did you, you know, collaborate day to day to to make these things happen over time? I think that we all kind of we're all very self driven and can work autonomously on things. We kind of knew what things at a high level we needed to tackle. Uh, if there is a distinguished leader, it definitely be Zach. Um, he kind of you know started putting things together, organizing things, organizing ways that we can communicate. And I think it was either Zach or Jared that recommended using Trello for organization. So we've been using that and just adding, having lists of things to do and different stages for that and having everything as a card in there. And it's, it's been working out pretty well. Yeah. Trello is amazing. I don't, I don't think we could have organized a conference without it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, uh, we're in Trello all day long. We use it to do change law weekly. So I know we can uh, high five you on that one there. Uh, I could tell you more stories about Trello and, and agree with you, but I'll just leave it that, that I agree that Trello is super awesome. Uh, yeah. There isn't a tool out there that, that quite meets what it does for organizing, for organizing people and the whole agile process, whether you're doing software or not, it's just really flexible to however you want to work. Yeah. In addition to that, you know, we I've been taking cues as Adam and I have traveled around to conferences this year. Um, we were at Space City JS in the spring and y'all know we're at GopherCon uh few weeks back so as i go to these conferences i'm very cognizant of like how they're running things because right. i'm involved and one of the things that space city did which i think was cool and i think more conferences will start doing is to open up a slack uh, team for the entire conference so all the attendees can hop in there and so we did that recently uh, for nejs in addition to that we have kind of an organizer's private room and a room for speakers and um, one thing about trello is it's not great for just discussion you know uh, it can get a little bit cumbersome for that. Yeah. And we didn't realize it, but we were doing too much just like chatting inside Trello because we didn't have an auxiliary tool. And so in yeah. the last month or so, Zach sent up a, a Slack team and that has really um, balanced out where we have kind of your immediate needs, quick feedback, you know, paste a stupid GIF in their chat room. And then you have Trello, which is all about the organized, you know, assigned things that need doing. I think that's really been a good uh, combination of tools for us. Slack is the party in the front 
and uh, <laughs> Trello's the business in the back. Yeah, really rounding out the NEJS mullet that we're going for here. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Another important topic, which I, which we saw, you know, Jared, since you mentioned, Gopher, mentioned GopherCon, um, I loved their idea of a diversity scholarship. Did, uh, did y'all take some cues from that, or was it somewhere else? But you seem to be focused on the inclusivity and the accessibility of the conference. So what was this diversity scholarship about and, and what were some, I, I guess, has there been anybody to take the, the uh, free ticket? You know, how was, was that process like? Yeah. So we, uh, we are doing diversity scholarships. Um, we're through a local company called Big Wheel Brigade. They've offered 10 free tickets um, for people underrepresented in tech, uh, whether that be, gender, sex, sexuality, race, or veteran status, or any number of other things. Um, and we've I think people, I think we've redeemed almost half of those tickets. Um, and they are confidential, so uh, to other attendees, the t- the, your badge isn't going to be different or anything. It'll, you'll, it, the ticket it, uh, will be identical to any other attendee ticket. Um, but I think we've only uh, redeemed half of those so far. Are there any caveats to that? Like, what's what's the criteria to to meet the? Is it even you guys that take care of this, or is it is it totally through Big Wheel Brigade that that they handle that? I see Beth's name here. I'm just wondering if she's totally taking over that at all at all points. Yeah, she is the point of contact for that. So she actually will go out and buy the tickets on our website using a special coupon code that we have for her, um, and so. Yeah, that's kind of how that sponsorship works. And there's really, they really aren't doing any question or interrogation involved with that. They just will, hey, you want a ticket? Okay, here's um, here's the information that we need, and we'll buy it for you. So it's not like a formal thing that you have to go through, uh, like an application process. It's really just, hey, I would like to go to this conference. They'll get you a ticket, so... I like the the paragraph here under that form too because I think this is everybody approaches this um, this topic you know sort of on their tippy toes because no one wants to offend anybody. But I like this bolded text you have here. If you would like to take advantage of this offer, but are hesitant to publicly self-identify as belonging to an underrepresented group, please be assured that you will be that we will receive your request with acceptance and respect. And we'll keep it confidential. So I think it's it just going the extra mile to one, be inclusive and accepting of of everyone, and giving everyone an opportunity to be there, especially the underrepresented. So that's really neat that that the way you've handled this, and even having an outside company sort of uh, one sponsor it and, and pay for those tickets, and then just have a process for it. it seems like you really thought through this through. So I, I like it. Yeah, I think it worked pretty well. They actually ran a little like seminar not too long ago on. Um sort of running uh, inclusive events and dealing with sort of problems that can arise when you're an event organizer, right. which has been really helpful. And that's kind of where we got the idea to do something like this. So so we got five more of these diversity scholarship tickets available. So if you're listening and you're a part of one of those groups, uh, I just read that, uh, that, that text there, you'll be... Uh, to be accepted and respected and uh, more importantly, confidential. So uh, feel yep. free to get in touch and take advantage of this. If you're in one of those groups. Um, cool. What's uh what's some closing thoughts, Jared, help me out here with some closing thoughts. I know we normally have some closing questions and you're sort of not playing interviewer. Yeah. I mean, I think closing thoughts is um, obviously there's still a handful of tickets available. Uh, Omaha is a really cool city. Um, centrally located so if you're anywhere in the midwest it's actually pretty easy to get over here we'd love to have you changelog will be there especially at the after party and shooting our awesome film series beyond code so um you'll get to meet adam and myself and dk our video guy um yeah we just hope it's a good time where we've been uh, trying to line up all our ducks in a row and um so far you know we've had a few uh freak out events but i think we've pulled together as a team and are uh, feeling pretty good about how it's going to, uh, to turn out. I think one, one thing we didn't talk about, which I forgot until just now is the hardest part of the whole conference for us was probably naming it. Um, 
Man, maybe yes. that was why it took so long for us to come up okay. with that conference. Because we went through <laughs> dozens and dozens of names trying to be witty and cool. Yeah. And uh, around and around and around we went. And eventually we realized we're not witty and we're not cool. So we're just gonna name, <laughs> we're just gonna name it with our using our meet our meetups name. Um, I don't know. Maybe Nick, can you remember any of the names that we had on the table? I know the the one that was kind of a front runner for a while was Flyover JS. Yes, um, because we're you know Nebraska is kind of one of those flyover states, but we had tons of them. Can you think of any others? Oh man, um, that was the one that that really came to mind. That was my favorite for a long time. Um, we also had. Well, there was one that that we wanted right off the bat, but it was taken as there's another conference with the same name. Right. Um, yeah, I can't I can't remember. Was, Zach, we you, had Bullseye JS, Central Standard JS, yes. Heartland JS, Bug Eater JS. <laughs> Bug Eater. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. I think a thing that people outside of Nebraska will have no idea what yeah, it means. Bug Eater. Yeah, Bug Eater. Little Web on the Prairie. That was one of yours, Zach. There, there was. Oh yeah. There were spreadsheets and talking about arguments. Um, you know, nothing quite as argumentative as your favorite name, not liked by your by your co-patriots. So, <laughs> so what about the subtitle then? Will that remain each year? Will it? I mean, will it always be at the zoo? I guess you'll probably know more after this year if if things go badly. <laughs> but somebody gets eaten, for example, <laughs> um, we come back with one less JavaScript out there. Because uh, the lion got hungry, but I mean, will it always be JavaScript in the wild, or do you think you'll kind of keep mixing it up each year? I think we'll probably try a different venue next year. I don't know. It depends on how it goes, obviously, but yeah. I didn't expect that we would do uh, at the zoo every year. So Okay. Well, I mean, it's nice to show some love to different areas. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess... Uh, I don't really have any more questions myself. Um, I'm used to always asking some of the, the, the famous questions at the end. I, does anybody feel totally strong on, on answering the who's your programming hero question? Jared, you never get asked that question. You're always on the other end. How about you? I want to pass have a hero. I'm going to pass this one on to Nick. <laughs> He's your hero? or No, I want, I want to know Nick's hero. No, fine. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can answer it if you don't want to, Nick. That's fine. I'm going to to pass it along to Zach and also just name Zach as my hero. Oh, wow, <laughs> Zach. Wow, that's a low bar, Nick. <laughs> um, I, I want to say John Rezik. I think that, not in terms of necessarily, like, I mean, he's a very super talented programmer, obviously, but I think the way he ran the, the jQuery community is... Just kind of an amazing thing, and he definitely grew a very uh, inclusive and welcoming community. And I think a lot of that was just because of his personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, maybe that dates me a few years, but I don't think it dates yeah. you. I mean, I think uh, if I had to put, if I had to make a list of many heroes, John would definitely be in the list because mm-hmm. of the same reasons. He sort of came out of the cut too with jQuery. He just shared it one day in Boston at a meetup, which is sometimes how the best software comes out, out into the open source public. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, there was several other ways that you could do what jQuery did. Uh, well, there weren't that many, but jQuery sort of made it a really easy to learn. And then even the way, like you said, the community sort of sprouted up around it. It seemed to just grow really, really fast. Yeah. So, and then John is always, he's never really backed down from giving talks and organizing and speaking in front of people and stuff like that. I know that we've never had him on this show cause never emailed him, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> we would like to have John on the show at some point. We just never have, I guess with that, uh, is there anything else you want to cover about the, the conference or heroes or anything else that might be on anyone's mind that we can maybe a particular sponsor? I did want to say one thing, uh, I guess not related to sponsorship, but, the, the thing that I think I've learned the most about running a conference has been how difficult it is. And you definitely see when you attend conferences, you see those in a new light. And I, I guess I would encourage everyone out there to, uh, the next time you go to a conference, if personal space is not an issue for you, hug your conference organizer because 
it is a ton of work. It's a ton of work, and it's sometimes very thankless work. Um, and people are doing these development community conferences not for money. There's a lot of conferences that are just sort of community-driven, um, and people are doing them sort of as a labor of love just to grow their local development community and sort of give them, give the community uh, more exposure in a wider sense. So definitely give some love to your organizers if, if you uh, see them. I'd just like to thank the, the local community. You know, Omaha has a great development community and uh, they're very inspiring. Everyone is always passionate about what they're working on. And, you know, aside from Jared motivating us to get this started, uh, you know, it's really the community that, that was doing it too. Just the, the, number of people here that that just do great things is is huge and we want to be able to share that with the world well i think uh i can agree on on jared's help there he's helped me out a lot quite a bit making things happen whenever i'm like hemming and hawing so jared you seem to seem to seem to do it everywhere man so good for you on that part uh so just to just to summarize uh NEJS conf is on a friday august 7th there are still tickets available if you're in a marginalized or underrepresented group, there is is is, is uh, five more of confidential tickets uh, that you will be respected. So um, submit uh, your information for that if you'd like to take advantage of that. Uh, for those of out, of you out there who are thinking about this awesome conference, it's it's all about animals, elephants at the zoo, uh, JavaScript getting wild. So it's it's going to be in the wild, JavaScript in the wild. So exciting, exciting times here. So um, the website to go to is what? N-E-J-S-Conf.com. Correct. Now I'm, I'm noticing uh, I'm noticing like an SSL issue on your site. Is there an SSL issue on your site? I hope not. Uh, <laughs> no? So it should be subdomainless. So it should be just N-E-J-S-Conf.com, not www. That's right. Yeah, we don't like the dub no. stuff. That's sad. That's, uh, that's the, the way the four dodo. extra characters you gotta type. Yeah, nobody nope. needs that. Nobody needs that. So if you're interested in this conference, the change log will be there. We'll see you there. Uh, hop on camera, say some things for Beyond Code. Uh, Jared, I didn't tell you this, but we're we got a new piece of equipment we're bringing uh, with us that Drone? everyone's gonna love. So ah. no drones, no drones, not yet. That's that's maybe sometime <laughs> soon. Uh, but the equipment we're bringing this time Ooh, is nice. a Steadicam. Oh, so cool. we're pretty excited about this because we'll be able to mm-hmm. walk and like follow people or like you know just move lightly with the camera. They call it flying with the camera. But nonetheless, excited about that new piece of equipment. So every time we go to a conference, we go with something that uh, is some sort of new toy that DK likes to play with. Um, so. This will give DK a chance to fly his uh, the camera around and, and get some good shots and have some fun. So we're excited about that. So NEGSConf.com, go there and get your ticket. We'll see you there on August 7th. It's a Friday at the zoo with the elephants and the rest of the JavaScript community. And uh, with that, everybody, let's, let's close the show out and say goodbye. See ya. Thanks. See Thanks. you guys.